Welcome, everyone. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. Whoever practices righteousness is of God, but whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God because they have a different nature, a different spirit governing them. And thank God for all of us, hopefully all of us in this room, that you've given your heart to Jesus because your heart is to do good. You want to do good. You want to love. You want to love on people. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's edition of Truth in Christ Radio. How does righteousness and love balance? They don't. We are never to love at the expense of righteousness and are never to be righteous at the expense of love. We aren't looking for a balance between the two because they're not opposites. Real love is the greatest righteousness, and real righteousness is the greatest love. Love and righteousness are perfectly displayed in the nature of Jesus. He was both righteous and completely loving. Let's join Pastor Rob for his final lesson in this section. Thank you, because I have too. And you get so frustrated. We need to turn. We need to turn. In your life, you're just miserable, aren't you? Because you've grieved the Spirit in you. <laughs> you have a conscience. It grieves the Spirit of God, and you know it, and you're like, man, I am just, I feel completely worthless. That's not a bad thing. Psychologists will tell you, oh, it's hurting your self-esteem. You're, you know, you should be told that it's okay. You know, if, if it hurts your feelings, then, you know, by all means, just continue doing what you're doing. I mean, after all, God is love, and, you know, just because you love that, you know, that, that other male or that other female... You know, it's okay to engage in that activity. No, it's not. God's greatest gift to us is a conscience, and his word has given us, told us right from wrong. And when we divorce ourselves from that, believe me, we've opened the door, and our culture has opened the door. It's wide open. It's so wide open, it can't get any wider. That's why this message is so important to all of us, and more importantly to those out there who don't know. They need to know Jesus. But verse 10, he says, In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice, here it is, whoever does not continuously practice righteousness is not of God, because you prove by not doing it that you're not of him. There ought to be a proof to my my faith. There ought to be results behind that, right? There ought to be results. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. 
And, and, and that comes uh, from Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18, the first mention of it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. James even tells us in James chapter 2, verse 8, that you shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is the royal law, James tells us. For this is the message, verse 11, that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, and not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil, and his brothers righteous. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 4, if you would. There's a difference. Someone who is practicing righteousness and somebody who is not. Their lives are very different, marked by different things. And usually the guy who's not practicing righteousness is in jail or is on his way to jail or is lucky he's not in jail already. In Genesis chapter 4, it says, Now Adam and Eve knew, I'm sorry, now Adam knew Eve, his wife. She conceived and bore Cain. She said, I've acquired a man from the Lord. And then she bore again, this time, his brother Abel. We believe they're twins. It says, Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. He brought the very best of his flock, and, and, he, and he sacrificed that animal. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, for he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was naturally very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, you do, you will be accepted. And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and it's, and it's desire for you. And its desire is for you, but you shall rule over it. There's the provisions, Cain. You had the provision. You had the choice. You could have made the choice. It has a decision. It wants you, but you have to make a decision. What are you going to do? And we know. So in verse 8, Now Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother, and he killed him. And in the original language here, it's really interesting because the word that is used for killed is a word called svazo, and it literally means to slay or slaughter or by butchering, by cutting the throat. Sorry for the graphicness of this, but I think having understood this, and then I start reading the passage a little further, it becomes a little more interesting. It literally means taking a knife and cutting the throat, or the jugular is. Because when Abel, as he cut that animal, that first of the flock, and he offered it to God, where did he learn that from? Why did God have respect to that blood sacrifice? I mean, wouldn't it have been better to get that nice Kittleburger basket? The big fruit basket that Cain brought? It looked beautiful. It had all the you know, mangoes and papayas and all this fruit and a lot of foo-foo and a little card. It looked beautiful. And you think that God will go, man, that is just so cool, man. Well, what's this mess? Abel, what's this mess? You cut the throat of this lamb or whatever it is. You bring this to me? No, God says, I have respect to that, but the other thing I reject. And why? Because in the garden, remember when Adam and Eve sinned, what is the thing that God did? Right before them, I believe. When they had sinned, they knew that they had sinned. God sacrificed an animal right in front of them, and he used the skin of that animal that had atoned for their sin, the innocent blood of a victim in their place. Instead of them... The victim, this innocent animal, was taken. Blood was shed, and that skin of that coat, God wrapped them with instead of fig leaves. Thank you, Lord. That's where Cain and Abel learned it from. 
How many times did Adam sacrifice a lamb or an animal and offer it on the altar to God? And Cain and Abel are watching this growing up, growing up. And so finally there comes a time when Abel and Cain want to make an offering to the Lord. And Abel says, I'm going to do the right thing. And his brother says, you know what? I worked hard. I earned this money. I'm going to give that. And God has a problem with that. Not that you worked hard, but you did it not in the prescribed manner. And I think it's interesting, too, as, you know, that word for kill literally means by cutting of the throat. Where did they learn that from? They saw it many times. They saw it many times. And so finally, when Cain rises up against Abel, he didn't just kill him with a rock. He didn't just throw a rock at him. No, he butchered him like he butchered that, that animal and sacrifice to the Lord that God accepted. He says, you know what? If that's the way it's going to be, I'm going to do it the same way, but I'm going to do it to you. It kind of puts a whole new twist on it, doesn't it? It co- totally blew me away reading this. And sorry that it's so morbid, but, but, but this, is, this is the reality. This is the reality of it. And then it says in verse 9 that the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? And he said, I don't know. Am I my brother's keeper? And it's, you, can, you can sense Cain is kind of getting uh, irreverent with the Lord. Because up, up further it says that Abel was a, a keeper of sheep. And now he comes back and the Lord says, where's your brother? What am I? Am I my brother's keeper? <laughs> and then the Lord comes back and says, what have you done? God knew what had, what had happened. He didn't need the information, but he wanted to draw it out of Cain. What, what happened here? Because the voice of your brother's blood cries out from the me from the ground. The blood from your brother's voice. What's right here where, he, where Cain had cut him? The voice box. The very thing. I almost wonder if God was saying, you know, the way you slaughtered your brother, you silenced his voice. His voice is calling out from the ground to me. You can't silence him. You can't silence what you did, Cain. You're guilty. Guilty. Not as Cain, who was of the wicked one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. In fact, that's what it says in Isaiah. We live in those days. In fact, back in Isaiah's day, he says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Even back in his time, 700 years Before Christ was born, Isaiah was saying, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. And things have been getting worse and worse and worse. Are things getting better? They're really not getting better, are they? If you're honest. We live in days like this where they call good evil and they call evil good. We see it all around us. And see, God has given us, you know, this, I, this understanding of good and evil. You know, we, we read that up, up above. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, but whoever practices unrighteousness, I'm sorry, whoever practices righteousness is of God, but whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God because 
They have a different nature, a different spirit governing them. And thank God for all of us, hopefully all of us in this room, that you've given your heart to Jesus. Because your heart is to do good. You want to do good. You want to love. You want to love on people. There was a video that I, I really wanted to show you at this point, but it's, it's not going to work. Can we just try it? Scott, I don't know if it's going to work or not. I, I really doubt it. But um, let me just say this. I had intended to get a lot further along. But this whole idea of loving your brother, this commandment that we have heard from the beginning, to love your brother. Recently I heard of this. um, uh, Let's see if it works here. If it didn't work the first time, it's certainly not going to work a second time. Okay, never mind. So what has happened recently, there was a, uh, a female deputy in Texas, and you've, the news is all about this right now. And I wanted to show you the video because it is really, really moving of just the love. And it would have taken this whole difficult passage that we've been looking at and put a nice little bow around it made it really sweet at the end. I would love to show that to you. Maybe we'll do it next week. I don't know. But the the bottom line is this. And you've heard the story, but for those of you who haven't, let me tell you. There was a a deputy, a police officer, a young female. She was in her early 30s in Texas. She had her off-duty clothes on, but usually off-duty deputies even carry a a, a sidearm, which is very normal for a a deputy who's off-duty. Well, she lived in an apartment building, and the... The, the man who lived directly above, I mean, apartments are like this, right? They're stacked. And sometimes they have, when you open the door, the layout of the apartment is exactly the same. And so she got confused. And instead of going to the third floor where her apartment was, she went up to the fourth floor of her apartment. She goes to put the key in the door, but the door was already ajar, I guess. I don't know exactly how or the door was open. She opens the door and finds a, 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 an African-American man in her in her apartment. And I don't know all the things that ensued, but she pulled out a gun and she shot him and killed him. Right? She thought she was in her own house. And probably him being not expecting this, thought, what is this woman doing in my thing? And, and, you know, and he's probably getting animated very naturally. And she shoots him. And kills him. And the video I wanted to share with you was the testimony of this, the man who was shot. He got up on the stand, and he, he was a believer. And he said, you know what? He was looking right at, um, I, I forget her, um, I think it's Amanda Geigen, I think it's her, na- her name was. He looks right at her on the stand, and he says, you know what? I don't want you to go to jail. I don't want anything bad to happen to you. In fact, I love you. I know that what happened was, was a mistaken thing. It was, it was something that happened by accident. It was very moving. I've got to be honest with you. I, I, I wept in my office watching the video. And he says, I don't, I don't condemn you. I only pray the best for you. I pray that Jesus would bless you and that you would know him. And then he looked at the judge, and the judge was an African-American woman, beautiful woman. And this, this, this guy who was sharing this with Amber, or... Um, uh, uh, he was African-American too. And he looked at the judge and he says, Judge, can I go hug her? Which is a no-no in the court. 
you don't have you know opposite sides, one coming off the stand and hugging another. She said, okay. So he got off the thing and he hugged her and they embraced. And you could tell they were both just crying. And she was crying that she could receive such forgiveness, such love. such that, That's agape in a sense. That's God's love being manifested to a woman who was really guilty. I mean, it was a horrible thing and, and it shouldn't have happened. It was a mistake. But she made it. And this brother of the, of the deceased man embraces her and loves on her. And everyone in the courtroom, you can hear it is just weeping. <laughs> Never seen anything like that before. God showed up. And I loved it because you know what happened afterwards, and we'll close in just a few seconds here. The judge, seeing this and being moved by the Spirit of God, no doubt, she goes back into her, into her judge's chamber. She brings out a Bible, and she brings it over to Amber, and she opens it up, and she says, this is your... This is what you're to do from the next, from, from now on. And she reads to her John 3.16, and she hugs her and tells her how much God loves her. Now, did she still receive the 10-year sentence for her crime? She did. She did. And rightfully so. Unfortunately, that you know, she'll probably get out in five years on probation, which is normal for those kinds of things. But she did. She received the consequence for what happened, but the forgiveness, oh my goodness, <laughs> I mean, I literally wept. I would have loved to have shown it to you. I got to figure this what happened out here because it was working right before the service. So I got to, I don't know. Anyway, but you know, it, it just blew me away. And see, this is the love of the brethren. You know, when you read what we're reading now, I wanted to show that and to share it with you to kind of put flesh and bones on it because this is hot in the news right now. Everyone is talking about it. In fact, I was so impressed with the judge. And would you believe that the, there, there's, a, there's a group called the uh, Freedom From Religion Foundation. They're filing all kinds of lawsuits, the, and the ACLU is getting involved. It's a big mess. And you know what? I thought to myself, this is horrible, because the best thing that ever happened in that courtroom was that moment when that man, in unconditional love, reached out to this woman and hugged her and loved on her and forgave her, and then the judge to do the same. I mean, that's unprecedented. And boy, those church and state, you know, separation from church and state nonsense, those people are going crazy. And even on Twitter, sorry I, I'm telling you this, but even the Satan worshipers were exalting the whole thing because they, they, there was such a mess and such a turmoil about what the judge did and how, and they were just up in arms about it. And I'm like, you know, what has our country become? where we've opened the door for this nonsense. And that judge, did the very, she did the highest honor, not only before our country, but before her God. And you know what? It would be different if Amber looked at her and says, I'm sorry, I don't want to hug you. I don't want to receive this. No, she was guilty. She knew it, and her heart was broken, repentant. She hugged the, the, the brother's brother, and she received that forgiveness, and the judge, being led by the Spirit, did it. I tell you, it was the most fascinating thing you'll ever see in the news. That day, love won in a big way. The love of the brethren. Very moving. Pray for that judge. Such a wonderful lady. I couldn't believe it. She brought out her own Bible. She told her, this is my own Bible. I've got four just like it at home. She goes, but this one is yours. She gave it to her, and I was so impressed with her. So impressed with her. And she did it, and maybe she didn't even realize the firestorm she would start. And I pray that she's exonerated and rewarded for her act of bravery and love. 
See, that's the love of the brethren. Those are the kind of things we want to see. Those are the kind of, that's the way we want to be. If you were that judge, what would you do? If you were that man who just lost your brother, I mean, it would be different maybe. It may, it may be certainly harder if it was in cold blood that she shot him, you know, if it was a, a, a really a hateful murder, but this wasn't like that at all. But still, she forgave him. He forgave her. And everyone's all upset about it. I could understand they're upset. I could understand that they would get upset if the judge says, you know what, we're going to let you off the hook. I could, I could understand why people would be up in arms, but she's serving the sentence. The consequence of her error is still being meted out, but did she receive something greater? Yes, yeah, she'll probably be, if she receives Christ, if she does, she'll be freer than anybody else in the prison that she's going to. And when she gets out, her life will be marked and changed forever. So let's stand together. Sorry to keep you. Isn't that good news? I just love it. I love it. You know, God just can't be, you can't put God under a bushel and stuff him away and put him in a, in a, in a container somewhere. Our culture wants to do that. Do you see it? And, and, and our fight is not against the culture. Our fight is against the ruler of the spiritual wickedness of darkness, Satan himself. That's where our enemy really is. The people are just the, 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 the bystanders. We need to love them and encourage them. We need to love each other and show that love and love those people who are really angry with us and don't even like us and may even come after us at times. we got to love them. We can't lower the, the standard. we got to keep the standard really high and love them. And boy, that's such a challenge for me. And I know it's going to be a challenge for you, but folks, let's rise to the occasion. Say, Spirit of God, consume me. Take me. I want everything you have for me. I want to live the life that you want for me. And I want the very life of Christ in me so that I can do what I'm reading here, the love of the brethren, to do that first commandment, to to love my neighbor as myself, to love them, to love each other, especially in your families. Think of the angst in your family. Love that family member who is just driving you crazy. Love, folks. The greatest thing is love. And what did Paul say in in his letter, Corinthians, in the 13th chapter? And he goes, and these three remain, faith, hope, and love, agape love. And the greatest of these is what? Agape love. The greatest of these is love. Father, we thank you for this time. Pray that, Lord, you'd encourage us, Lord, to walk in love. Help us to walk in love, Father. And, Lord, we do pray for this judge. We pray for Amber Geigen. We pray for her salvation, Father. We lift her up, and, Lord, I'm just so blown away. And I pray that, God, you would bless this judge. I pray that rather than being um, castigated and disbarred, which there will be some that want to do that, Father, in fact, I would rather, I pray that, Lord, you would exalt her. She did the greatest service to the country and to you by offering that freedom, even though the crime had to be meted out to the, the punishment. So, Lord, we pray for her today that you give her strength and may the church rally around her and bless her and may you just exonerate her, Lord, in your grace. And may others have the grace to and the faith to do the same, regardless of what people think, regardless of what our culture is doing. Help us do the right thing.
led by your spirit in love. In Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. I'm sorry that's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as we continue our study in John's epistles. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Play and Apple Podcast. You may also join us on Sundays and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.